Hello, and welcome into episode eight of SoRare Data Office Hours. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Laird Union on SoRare. Joined as always for Office Hours, at least, by Maxime Hagenberger. I should say, I'm back. Sean, I got the keys back. Somebody in the chat, I'm not even going to show it on the screen because I don't want to give too much credit, but says they're looking for the PSU fan spinoff show. Um, no, I won't do it. Maxime, how you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. Ah, I'm not sure about this pinoff show. I mean, that makes that makes sense. Let's not encourage him, please. Please. We don't we don't need it. Uh, as I said to Sean yesterday, he has a Twitter account. He's more than happy, more than welcome to just do whatever he wants on that one. But anyway, Angus was first in. Thanks for joining us. Chani, hello. Jump shoot here as well. Got a few things that I wanted to discussed today first off was this erling halland auction yesterday were you surprised at all by the price or yes let me see were you more surprised about the price or the reason why the price went up no but i so to be honest i didn't follow the auction live but i watched the video uh your video afterwards and so I went to the end of the auction and I saw Powell and I was like, oh, and I didn't know at that time who won. And I was like, do it, bid again, do it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And, and that's crazy. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's completely crazy. I mean, that's one of the strongest buy signal I've seen in, in months, maybe years. It's... I mean, that's so strong. Yeah, so he, Pavel, who has started this Twitter account recently that a lot of people have been enjoying because Pavel was just kind of this nameless figure or, or faceless figure, still actually faceless, but commented yesterday and, and pretty much was is talking about the market here, but I wanted to buy one card on SoRare today but 164,000 euros was not enough. Is it really a bear market, like everyone says, if just one card sells at the price of a new Porsche 911 Turbo? Which we've, somebody else uh, had commented to me that Pavel is clearly like a car guy, because this is far from the first, uh, you know, expensive car comment that he's made. But Pavel, I feel like a lot of the conversation about this card and similar cards was is more like how people would use it. And Pavel's just not really known for being much of an SO5 player. And so you would have to think that Pavel, who is the biggest trader on SoRare, at least in terms of volume, thought that 164,000 euros was less than he could sell it for at some point. I don't know what his time frame was. But like you said, that's like a pretty optimistic view on so rare if you're willing to spend that much money on a single card right yeah but the tweet is like so by the way andrew i've i've uninstalled twitter from my phone and i'm trying to see if it benefits my mental health and i think it will uh but um i mean yeah, it is a beer market, Pavel, because 
look at everyone's valuation, right? It, it is a bear market. Like uh, volumes are low, uh, valuations are, are, are dropping every single day. So yes, it's a bear market. But the the unique market is definitely a different market than yeah. everyone else market. Like even super rares are affected by the drop, the drops recently. Like like Alan is now a 1.5 ETH card. I mean that's that's that's, that's it doesn't make any sense. Well, it, it, well, no, it, it's not that it doesn't make any sense, but it's like, like the if you if you do like one year on the Erling Island, uh price graph, you would see that it is a bear market. Um, so I mean, it feels like Pavel is is confusing two things. But yeah, I mean that was to me it's 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 a great signal because I think that there was much speculation about what Power was doing on the platform. Um, it, to me, it looked like he was trying to exit by getting more liquid cards than than he had. Uh, then and and it looked like uh, Power was going to exit, but like going that big on Erling Haaland Unique probably means that he's trying to. I don't know, maybe change strategy and try to like acquire Uniques and go big on the unique market and play SO5 more seriously. Um, but uh, yeah, during the streams, uh, the stream, like Sean said, I would have never guessed it um, with like a hundred guesses, and, and 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 he was like completely right. I think I probably wouldn't have guessed it, like in a hundred guesses and maybe in a thousand. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, it, it seems very positive to me, at least someone like, uh, a, a very powerful market maker on the, on the, on the platform is, is paying back Unix. I mean that, and you know, like Unix is also a representation of the brand. I mean, like people buying Unix mean that they believe that, uh, the card will actually get more and more value as the as the uh, how do you say that as the um, platform progresses and evolves so i mean that's pretty positive to me yeah i, I agree I, I think it is difficult to use what happens in auction in excuse me in uniques to give any sort of indication of what is happening like we had one person with a gallery value at around $2 million competing with somebody who had a gallery of like three and a half million. And I feel like everyone's like, so what does that mean for my rare cards? And you're like, nothing. It's just two people with a lot of money yeah. who want it. Mark, hello, Mark, um, was saying, Pavel took the approach we all should have done initially, trade first, make money, and then compete later. I don't know. Like I've always said that I think trading is the most profitable way to play so rare. It's riskier. It's not fun, or at least I don't find it fun. But I don't know if I don't think we're really going to see some sort of strategy change from Pavel. I think he's still going to say, I'll give you 60 to 70 cents on the dollar for your cards and I'll resell them. But I don't know. It's just going from. And we're showing here that like the Julius Randall, but like this Jonathan David unique was his most valuable football card. And to go from that <laughs> to potentially spending, what was the total ETH, 80? 
89. Yeah. So he he bid 83-ish. Like, oh, he did go 86. I guess it was the max bid. Like, to go from Jonathan David to like, oh, well, yeah, I'll just spend 86 ETH on another card. <laughs> like, seems like, I don't know. I still have no idea how I feel about it or what I think. I don't think it tells us anything other than Pavel's sitting on a bunch of ETH. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, I kind of I agree mean, here with Metal we, Gear, though, that he would have flipped it for three or four ETH and would have been fine. Like, had somebody, if somebody yeah, came but in. But I, no, I, I don't know. I think that, especially when you see that Alan was sold on the secondary market for 76 ETH, uh, like 22 days ago, I mean, you're not doing that to flip it. Like, the Alan auction is so like important and so everybody on the platform knew about the the island auction like eh, not everybody but like every big buyer and every people like susceptible to actually um buy that car was like on the platform um and was aware at least that it that it was going to happen so i think like paying like so 10th more than and so 50k dollars more than uh, the previous sale um does not mean that uh, they're trying to flip it i mean that that would be a very bad decision in terms of like if you're trying to flip it i think well i don't think like i don't think bambi's looking to flip it like i think pavel is the the only one who would buy it to flip it and i only say that based on his entire existence on the platform has been here to to buy things and sell them for more Mm. And because we were talking about because Pranksy was bidding up to 75 ETH and then stopped. And I sort of brought up like if if somebody offered Bambi 90, does he take it? And the answer was like, no, Bam like Bambi probably needs that card more than the others. But I do kind of feel like Pavel might do it. Just a quick four ETH and he just goes about his day. I don't know. I still yeah, don't know. yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, so the big winner today wasn't Bambi, it was uh, GR Duke. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, he was... The, I thought you were going to say so rare. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, so rare, obviously, but no, to me, GR Duke is the winner here. It looks and, like and Josh is saying the same thing at the same yeah. time. I mean, minds are connected. Yeah, it's always nice to see somebody with a small gallery like J.R. Duke be able to benefit from another sale. Always nice. Does it feel like we have like more really big whales than we've had previously? No, I don't know. Doesn't feel like it to me. No? Maybe yeah, I know. I think we have, no, but to me, we have, the, the solar market has only gone down since zero has existed. So to me, I, I will only regret the, That's the zero time. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, no, I don't think we have much more whales than before. I think that it's still positive that they're investing in Unix. I mean, so you were, you were saying earlier, does that 
impact my rare cards. I think at to some extent it does because it means that they're still believing in the platform and the potential. And I think if your rare cards are useless and worthless, your unique cards are also worthless and useless. Um, so if your unique cards uh, are worth something, probably your rare cards are benefiting from that. Yeah, I, I do find it, it's not like a paradox. I don't know what the word is, but for the market going down and a number of, of users who are feeling negatively because of that, it we do still have like a number of users with significant money in the platform. And it doesn't seem like anyone looks at that or not enough people look at that as a positive. And maybe it's not necessarily positive. It could just be a sign of people who have a lot of money and are just here to play with their lots of money. But I don't know. I feel like that should that it should provide some sort of I don't even want to go as far as to say confidence, but at least more optimism in the platform itself if there are people willing to put in what looks like millions of dollars into it. Yeah. I mean, anyway, Sorare is a seasonal, well, like seasonality on Sorare is very important. And we're entering the dark months of Sorare. Um, and they are lighter than the, the, than the year before because, because of the World Cup. Some games are still being played until the end of May. Uh, but obviously, like May will be a tough month in terms of valuations. I think so. I, I mean, I don't predict the future, but uh, I'm not seeing. I'm not optimistic for for at least until July. I don't think there's a reason to be. Yeah, like, like but but we we see that every year. Maybe the drop is a little more drastic now, but. We all, yeah, because you you, you add panic to, to yeah you had you had also some panic to that people like panicking saying oh I need to get out now, and probably the same people will <laughs> will get back in June or July and are like oh that ship and they're going to like maybe but you know like July and August mean new season cards, and so you're flooding the supply again with so many new cards so. You have to be ready for that also. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I did a, a small experiment with um, the French community back in January. And I've sent a Google form to the French community and said, uh, forecast where we will be in six months. And I think that a lot of people will be way off in terms of like users with a single NFT, like pricing points and stuff like that. I think that um, it will be very interesting to see the results because um, that will be like the people will be completely off. Yeah. Is it just that everybody was positive or just they weren't negative enough? So how many? Oh, wait, two thirty-six k. I think like yeah. most people were. I don't know, around like two ninety, three hundred, and there's no way in two months we get to that number. I think we will get probably to two fifty or something. Mm -hmm. um, 
and yeah also in terms of valuation i think like i i can get the the, the overall feeling like for you like i've asked like what would be the valuation of like um like what would be the last auction for kimish for example kimish rare and uh let me see and like people said also for Tonchis uh, Limited, also uh, as that. No, so as for Kylian Mbappe's limited card in June uh, 2023, what would be the last auction? And most people said like a thousand, a thousand euros, like a thousand and a hundred euros, for example. Like that was most people's uh, answers. And I mean, no one is close to actually 500, like no one. Like, I mean, let me check. Uh, some are like 800, uh, 850, 750 I have one. But like we have 279 answers. And I think no one is close to... Uh, to that price point so i mean that's that's that tells you a lot about like the market sentiment like in like in january and where we are today do you think it's a positive not a positive of course but theoretically the mbappe limited is the most valuable limited card I think Allen is close, but yeah, yeah. Mbappe in terms of like star power is probably better than than Allen. Yeah, yeah. And so, what does it say when the most valuable limited card is roughly four hundred euros? Because I feel like if like when limited cards launched, so that's almost two years ago. It'll be two years in August. It. Do you think the goal w was that, that the most expensive limited card would be less than 500 euros? And that, because I don't think, like, I think the limited market, the, the introduction of limited scarcities did more, had a bigger effect on rares and super rares than they expected, good or bad. But I feel like it's reasonable to say we are going to come out with a new scarcity and if 500 euros was the most expensive card, then we, we accomplished what we were trying to do in terms of allowing more people to play at a lower dollar figure. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not yeah, sure that $3,500 was ever reasonable for your least scarce card as in terms of a upper price. Yeah, but I mean, I think the the whole limited situation and decision of like going to limited was driven by the fact that they were missing some key licenses, right? So, um, it, so that was summer twenty twenty one, right? And yeah. um, so they had like some French clubs. They had the Bundesliga. They were going to announce La Liga. Yeah. Uh, in September 2021, didn't have Serie A unless like uh, Juventus, maybe Napoli at the time. But I think the Napoli deal was like um, maybe Roma, in 2022. Yeah. It wasn't active or something. Um, they had K League, J League, 
um, they had MLS, right? Yep. Uh, they had MLS Players Association. Yeah. So they had MLS. And I think that's pretty much it. And then they went on a frenzy and added so many new licenses. Like you have like uh, Austrian Bundesliga, so Serie A, uh, most French clubs. Uh, obviously, in, in, in 2023, the Premier League, you had like uh, Elite Zerian, uh, Eredivisie. I, I, I'm not sure they had like the Dutch first division at that point. They also had the Ju uh, Jupiter Pro League. <laughs> but what I mean is that they, they had few licenses, they had good licenses, but the problem was there were so few like amazing cards. There was Mbappe, there were Bayern Munich at that time, uh, PSG, and then and that's pretty much it. You probably had Ajax at that point. Mm -hmm. And so if you wanted very good cards, you needed those. You, you needed like Tadic, you needed like Mbappes or Neymar's or uh, Kimmich and stuff like that. And so those cards were very expensive, right? Because they had to. They, they, they were the, the biggest cards in the game. And so they launched Limited because they, the price points for rares was too high. And also we were in a bull market. Remember that like I mean, people loved NFTs at that point. And so they were like, okay, let's make more revenue, like double our revenue because limited cards will be so popular. And so uh, like there were, there's going to be so many limited cards that we're basically going to make the same money than rare. So, I mean, on paper, it looks like amazing, like in terms yeah. of revenue. And that's how you get to 150 million, right? Uh, in 2021. Um, but the problem is you keep adding licenses and the user base is not growing as fast as it should to actually like acquire the, the cards that you're selling. And so probably they shouldn't have li released limited cards at that point. I mean, it's it's simple to say that like it's pretty result oriented and stuff like that. But it's probably better to increase your supply thanks to licenses than because of a new scarcity. And I mean, the fact that Mbappe is so expensive at some point is because there's not enough competition also uh, for uh, like, like in February 2022, does it, I mean, it doesn't make sense. And, and so you added so many licenses. So you added so many cards, you increased your selling supply so much that like, if you don't have the users like trying to, uh, to buy those cards and the whole market is being, um, like the selling pressure is so high and then your price drop, uh, your prices drop. And, and yeah, I think that uh, now to get back to prices, like, like, like at least like go back to a thousand euros Mbappé, that's, that's, that's a lot of work. That's, that's really a lot of work. So Chakun said 400 euros isn't cheap. Even 40 euros isn't cheap for newcomers. It's more beneficial to have it at 4,000 for inspiration. So I think like 400 euros for, for the best card, I don't think is that, I think that is cheap. Like, I don't think, I don't think you can build a game that has a, a good number of users where the most expensive card is $40. Like, 
I don't think everybody should come in and be able to buy the best card. And so that's why I tend not yeah, to have a problem with, with that. A thousand dollar Mbappe for limited, I think sounds reasonable, but looking back like $4,500 euros for a limited card seems wild to me. Like really wild. Like if you want to, the, the whole like inspirational price is just the next scarcity. Like you don't need, you don't need a $4,000 limited card. You just buy the um, rare. But to me, the inspirational price is what, what can you win every week? And we were trying to do like a whole new reward system with uh, the French community on a French stream, like on Thursday. And, and people were like, I want money. That's the only thing that they basically want, right? They want money. And I think that, that like solar competitions, like, like give you access to great cards if you win them, but don't, don't give you access to money really. And I think that, yeah, I said many times they have to improve, like, like they have to improve the percentage of people saying yes to the question, are you satisfied with your reward? I think that's fair. Didn't you want to get, don't you want to get rid of rewards then? <laughs> no, I mean, points. like, okay, let, let's, let's, let's see what people are saying because a lot of people have said things. Uh, um, Metal Gear said they already cut their licenses to reduce supply. I haven't seen any Argentinian team coming back this season. Maybe they will cut more for the next European season. That, that goes along my, like, why do you release second divisions? Like, I mean, I, I don't think there, are, I don't think there's ever been a conscious effort to cut licenses for the purpose of reducing supply. Yeah. yeah that, that's, uh, I think that's, that's fair. And I think that makes sense, but like second divisions were released like way too early to me. And, but yeah, I, I think it had a much bigger impact on the game than they thought. Yeah. And I think they were like, Oh, but the guy, from Rodez in France, the club is like 16th in the league. He will buy. He will buy. <laughs> like, who cares about that, really? Like, I mean, I, I think you want to get to the top licenses where you have the best players, and then then add some more. But when you have like enough users to actually do that. But again, I, I, like Nicolas said. Uh, when on the interview the other day, he said like for NBA, MLB, for example, those deals happen, uh, only happen every like five or six years and, and you want them and that's it. But like for Bastia, for the for the League 2, for La Liga Smart Bank, uh, really, I, I, I don't really think that these deals, um, like these deals happen every year if you ask them. So I think that, yeah. Um, and missing out on them? Also, Missing out yeah, on those deals isn't, really kill, isn't killing you. Yeah. <laughs> don't really care. Um, so I don't know if it's Nepenthed, it, or I don't know how to pronounce it really. <laughs> uh, clips. Or, uh, okay, so that's an, another channel. But it says, does the low price of limiteds not impact rares to the, if you, like if you have a rare worth 400 to 500, and with that you can build three, five incredible lineups, limited lineups, that's a better play. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the low price of rare that impact limited. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really know. That would be very interesting to see. But I don't think that these two markets are 
connected that much. I, I don't agree. I agree with that. I think we really want them to be connected because it's the same picture, but a different color and one has more. But I, I think that the, the price correlations between scarcities is, it's not broken, but I don't think it's what everyone thinks it should be. Because yeah, everyone's always like, oh, why aren't, yeah. they, why aren't rares 10 times more? And it's like, well, there's a lot that goes into it, which is why rares are, or super rares are not 10 times more. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I think like that was one of the first things I thought about Sora when I entered the game is like, like owning a super rare is so powerful because you have 10 times less than, than rares, right? And the problem is that they never built their SO5 competitions based on that fact. And so, like, as like super rare competitions are not ten times uh, more interesting than rare competitions, and that's the whole problem. Also, and but I think like if there's a correlation between two markets, I think it's between rares and super rares because I know a lot of of players that are actually like saying like I, I don't buy a super rare card that is more than three x or four x yeah. the price of a rare card. Uh, but obviously, for 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 uh, very good players that can be uh that can be different um that, yeah net multiple is going up yeah like the the threshold certainly the increase in the super rare 240 threshold has absolutely made super rares more desirable and therefore people are willing to people are certainly willing to ask for a lot more and it only takes one person to be like okay i will pay 6x and then all of a sudden ever that's that's what everyone thinks it is now. Uh, Chani says, I don't understand why it needs to be cheaper. Why don't you, don't we just accept that if you want to play the game, it's going to be a significant investment depending on your budget. So I think that the reasoning behind like adding more licenses is that you're going to have like different price points. Like for example, if you want to buy like um, a limited League 2 uh, card, for example, um, you're going to pay way less than like a PSG card. But the problem with this game is that it's it actually doesn't it doesn't work like that at all. Like you can have a, a Grenoble card, which is a league to a league the team. Like I have like in mind, like it's Adrien. Uh, I don't know if it's no, it's not Adrien, but it's Montfort. I think the the name of the player, um, which is a defender for Grenoble, um, and. He scores like 64 uh, L15. And that's a great cap uh, 270 card. That's a great all star rare pro card. That's a great all star rare card. And so if you're a grown up fan, you're not going to be able to buy this card uh, because it's so powerful in the game. And that's the whole problem, right? Uh, because uh, you're not like uh, printing less expensive cards where you can have like fans that have a smaller budget to actually buy those cards and i think that was the whole point of adding uh second divisions right like getting to a um a, a different audience that is not going to uh, invest much more much money but like pay 20 bucks for a, a rare grown-up card and that's it but I, it didn't work that way and i think that they missed out on the fact that uh, the game is driving the price and so if um whatever the club is if a game, if a player scores well, he will be worth more money than others. And same thing with one itself. I mean, like uh, this is one, arguably one of the best cards on the market. Sony March also is one of the best cards on the on the market right now. I mean, you know how I discovered that? 
I discovered that because my father is playing the game and he's playing with uh, commons and limited. And he drafted Soli March in, in, in Premier League Amateur. And I was like, wow, that's a great draft. And I was like, I didn't even know about the player. But anyway, um, uh, I mean, whatever. But, you know, like, I think the whole point of adding like second division, uh, second division cards was actually making sure that you have lower price points. Uh, didn't work. Um, and when you say to your investors and when you say to the world, we want to be the next big brand in sports or in entertainment or whatever, you say that you're going to address a way a larger market than you're doing right now. You say that you're going to have millions of users, right? And so you are thinking that, well, I don't care about adding new licenses because it's going to bring way more players and it's going to have it's not going to have an effect on on the prices because people will come and people will buy cards and didn't happen either so now you're kind of in a position where you have a lot of licenses of your suppliers increase a lot and you're like the people that came in 2022 are like where's my money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should run the <laughs> The Family Guy, where's my money clip? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, I think that Sorel does not accept the fact that the the game is too expensive. So you think even limited is too expensive? No, no, I'm not saying it's too expensive or it's too cheap. I, I'm not, like, judging the prices right now. I think that they wanted to have, like by introducing limited so early, they wanted to have lower price points uh, than before. And they probably did that too hard. And mm -hmm. that had an impact that they didn't like really expected on the whole market. Yeah. it. I do wonder what the result would have been had they introduced limiteds and not what feels like doubled the number of licensed clubs. I don't know what the number was back in August of 2021, but we have a lot more. So it's not like we just added another scarcity. It's like we added another scarcity and doubled the number of cards we had anyway because of the new licenses. But it also is one of those things that we all knew that they were, like the goal was to get, I know they always talked about the wanting the top 20, uh, 20 leagues, but it was kind of clear also that the secondary goal was potentially to get every club, like everyone on the planet. If you want to be the global leader in whatever they were calling themselves, having every club kind of makes sense. And that's a lot of cards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do people play FIFA to play with their, um, their uh, I don't know, Division two clubs, or do they do they play FIFA to play with Ireland and uh, PSG and City and Liverpool? I mean, and probably like probably wasn't like the right time to actually introduce so many new licenses because I really think that okay, a Danish a Danish user that is um, that is rooting for a Danish club. It does not really, really care about the fact that this club, uh, that his club is on the platform or not. Um, 
I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't care if Nantes was on the platform or not. I mean, that's great to see like Nantes card on the platform, obviously, but I know that it's not going to change the game if Nantes is on the uh, whether Nantes is on the platform or not. You wouldn't want them to lose it now. Well, I guess you probably have. There are enough. On I the don't, I, no, really. I, I would. I wouldn't care. I mean, that would mean like no VIP experiences or whatever, or no experiences with Nantes or whatever. But I mean, really, who who cares? I I, I like for the for the platform for the platform. I mean, I care about Liverpool being on the platform. I don't care about Nantes being on the platform. I guess that makes sense. We just need so, to find a bigger non-supporter, that's all. <laughs> Mark, Mark says, I agree with Shani, there's no need to have it cheap to play. Not everyone has the money to buy a card. Is it the duty of the card manufacturer to try and reduce the price? I mean, it's not necessarily cheap. You don't even cheap. drive. Let's not even... No. <laughs> no, but it's not necessarily cheap. It's sustainable, right? And... Um, I don't care if the price is like 20 euros for the limited, for the best limited, or 400 or 5,000. I think that what's important is to have like a stable price or something that is like affected by football performances or, or football context and not affected by um, Nicolas Julia going on stream with uh, us or uh, Alok speaking with John Nellis uh, on his on his podcast. It, the, the whole market should be driven by uh, football performances and football performances only, and not like Sorer announcing a new competition and stuff like that. And I think that that is very difficult to achieve. I'm not saying that is simple to achieve. But I think it's very difficult to achieve. Uh, but yeah, if you have like a sustainable 5,000 euros price, I mean, that's the price and that's it. It doesn't have to be cheap. It doesn't have to be expensive. It has to be sustainable. Yeah. I mean, as much as you want the market to be based off of football, like it's never, that's never happening. Like they're always going to be outside factors that, Why? that allow people to put in money. If it's easier to get money and then use that in your, in your game, like that's but what, what outside uh, what outside uh, elements well i mean just a global economy struggling means less people have money to spend on no. jpeg that's going to push their market down no obviously no but obviously but i think that's... that's completely out of sorer's hands yeah no surely but i think the the drop we are seeing is not because of the global economy I mean, it probably has an impact on things, but uh, the global economy did, did not do like, like France economy did not divide by five. The, the performances did not divide by five in the past months or so. I think that you see less players, obviously, okay, but that shouldn't imply uh, such a big drop. And yeah, I mean, and yeah. I... Like changing a bit of subject, but uh, I I don't know. I don't think we discussed that uh, together, and that's something I came up with the French community during our, our stream on Thursdays. And my my proposal to restore market sustainability and uh, tier zeros being worth way more than 
uh, right now is introducing floor platform uh, floor divisions um, that are uh, twin divisions uh, to cap divisions. Uh, and the, the how would that work is that you would have like cap two twenty and let's say floor two eighty, and so to enter cap two twenty you have to have a team that does not like go above two twenty, and to enter floor two eighty you would have to play a team that has at least two eighty points, and so you choose if you play cap two twenty. Or cap 280, but you can't play. You can't play both. And I would do the same for cap 240 and, for example, floor 300 and cap 270 and floor 320 or 330. You have to like have a like. I think that that needs a bit of refinement on like the the, the floor needed, etc. And the score you need to achieve. But I do also like a uh, hundred dollars thresholds on floor 280 or whatever. And so you can't play cap 240, you have to play floor to 280, uh, or you can play cap 240, but you can't play floor 280. What's the reason to stop you from playing both? So they're telling you you're not playing yeah, both. Yeah, but, but, but what's the benefit? Just them giving away less money? I mean, either, either, either you beat the game with a, a, a big lineup, either you beat the game with a scouted lineup. But why, why wouldn't you want me to buy more cards so I could try to beat both? Because I don't want to, I don't want to give you $150 every month, every game week. Yeah, that's why you take 5% of all of my, all of my secondary transactions. No but, but, no, but why you're doing that? Because you make sure that tier zeros and tier ones are played in that division. Yeah. And you make sure that tier two, tier threes, and below are played in the cap two forty division. So you give utility to play to people, like uh, to cards for people wanting to scout and wanting to get that fifty dollars, but like trying hard and scouting and trading and stuff like that. And you get the opportunity for a shot at a hundred dollars to people that have uh, large galleries or people that want to buy only great cards. And you say get a shot at a hundred dollars every every game. I still don't know why it needs to be, why you would cap, and not cap, but like why you wouldn't allow people to enter both. Like, I don't see the, like, isn't the reason for offering? No, I don't want to, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to give $150 yeah. every game week to someone. Obviously, it's not going to be every game week. Obviously, you will have like a 25 to 30% success uh, in those divisions. But like, I mean, it's way better. It's not way better, but I think we it, it goes pretty much to this, uh, like, to the same expected value, not, not pretty much the same expected value, but like uh, a bit higher than cap 240 and a bit lower to, to than the, the previous all-star rare threshold. But at least you're giving, you're giving T zeros and T ones like a return, like on a, a, a beat yeah. the game option, which yeah. is completely unavailable today, and it's why it's so bad. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's fine. I love more game modes. <laughs> yeah, and I think we need like more. 
I'm also the person who like prioritizes the threshold now. So that's why I'm sitting here like, no, 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 let me take both. <laughs> sure. Because like, if you think that you can extract more value from ETH right now than from cards that you would want, obviously you want to choose money. But uh, I think that like raising to a hundred dollars, like for that division, is going to be paid back by the number of cards you will be selling in tier zeros and tier one. And it, I mean, if prices don't go up with that perspective, I mean, we are screwed. I mean, I, I don't think that, that well, we, like we have a, we have a chance. We know that. I mean, there's plenty of evidence that's basically, we saw them uh, open threshold for super rare and unique and people were buying cards to enter it and then they increase them. And it seems like the rare to super rare or super rare to unique or rare to unique multiples are going up because people like that. So I don't think there's any, I think it's hard to doubt that if you offer more opportunities to win ETH, people are going to buy cards to do it to compete and the more people who buy cards the higher the prices go so sure yeah but i feel like we're just here like just give us more eth which no not necessarily because i think that okay so i don't think that so let's say sorer gives every game week 500k, right? It's not the right number, but let's let's use that. No, let's say 1 million. Let's say 1 million, right? Okay, so they give each, uh, every game week $1 million in prices every every weekend and 500k every um, every midweek, right? So they're giving away four times 1.5 million. So they're giving uh, 6 million every month, right? So... If primary market volumes are 60 millions that uh, that month, I don't think that it makes sense they give six millions. Um, and I don't think that makes sense they give away six millions if the primary market is like five million dollars. And so I think there should be a correlation between what they make and what they distribute. I think that's a lot of people were expecting that with secondary market fees. That when they, I remember so when they, they, introduced... they would give back a percentage of, no, no way, no way. <laughs> Excuse me. I remember when they launched for MLB and, and uh, NBA and everyone who is just in on the football side was like, well, it's not coming here. And it was clear that it was going to come at some point. They're like, well, as long as they just give, you know, 10% of it back to us or, 40% of it back to no us, way. that's fine. Yeah. No, I think second market fees are a way to get more money and are a way to actually like make sure that, uh, like it's standard practices. Like you don't buy NFTs on platforms or you don't buy stuff on platforms. Like you buy stuff on eBay, they're taking a cut. You're buying stuff on Sora, they're taking a cut. That makes sense. It's just like, covering like costs, like basic, basic costs. So mm -hmm. no, I mean, don't, don't think that secondary market fees are going to change anything about it. But yeah, I, so the, the problem with what I'm saying is that um, if the market is going 
badly, so are the rewards, right? So, I mean, but I, I mean, uh, to me, it doesn't make sense. They're giving away the same number, like uh, the same amount of money uh, during a bull market period and during bear market periods. There should be a minimum, obviously. Uh, but like giving giving back like only 10% if things are going well and 50% is going if things are going bad, I don't think it's sustainable. But it's not like people are going to start buying more cards just to increase revenue so that they can give away give back more, right? Why not? If you increase the <laughs> if you increase the price pool, people will like something something very funny is that what uh, Activision Blizzard did with Hearthstone at some point, so and what um, Dota Two is doing. Uh, so, and 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 it's a bit different, but uh, you see where I, I, I'm going with this. So they have like you know esports competitions. And so the prize pools, and uh, League of Legends did that also, I think. The prize pools is guaranteed for like one million or something like that by the, the editor. Yeah. And they said, uh, we're selling items on the game. And for every item that is sold, we're giving like 20, 30 or, or 50% or even 100% of the proceeds to the prize pool. And people, some people, and especially on Hearthstone, because the price pools were very low on, uh, in Hearthstone. And so people were like, oh, yeah, I'm supporting the scene. I'm supporting the community. So let's go. I'm buying cards. Hmm. And, and Powell will, will be able to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm spending a lot on auctions right now. So uh, you're getting some of my money back in SO5. I'm like... I'm happy to give that to SO5 players. Uh, I'm the king of the market. Uh, thank me, guys. So, but no, uh, but I think like it's what like I think DFS is pres is basically doing that, right? Yeah, but most of the DFS platforms are just stepping stones to sports books, and so they have like they're basically advertising budgets. For the sports book yeah but they do that because it it makes sense right no, yeah, but I'm I mean, saying like you're they, using they, dfs as a way to push you to a more profitable yeah, yeah, product I get that. and so rare doesn't have that but sports books are not very profitable i mean they're more profitable than dfs okay because sports books are like in france it's it's it's, it's a bad business because like Taxes are very high, and like your margin is so small. Yeah. And on some and on on some like bets, you're losing tons of money. Um. No. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I think like the, on rewards, they have to increase the the the, success, the customer success on rewards because it's so low right now, and and I think it goes by like implementing the floor divisions. I think any new game, any new game that increases, or any new mode that increases strategy is is positive. So, sure. Why not? Strategy and player revenue, right? That's right. Everybody wins. Not meaning everyone wins a reward, but users and so rare. So one of the other things that people brought up with the introduction of market fees, which 
we still don't have, and we have no indication of when they're coming. They're just like, we just know they're coming at some point. What, like, I remember, was it AJ? Might've been YNWA, one of those guys, was talking about improvements that they want to see to the secondary market that in their mind are being paid for by secondary market fees. And one of them was like the ability to sell bundles or to like auction your card, which I think used to happen, right? Couldn't you auction your own card on the secondary market back, like way yeah, back at, in the at the, at, Yeah, at the very beginning, yeah. And do you see a path where that actually happens, where like the introduction of secondary market fees comes with new... No. No, no and, and to be honest, I hated that change when they changed the like uh, auctions, secondary market auctions to offers only. I hated it. And I, I told them I hated it. And I say, why don't you let people like choose? Like, I mean, they can risk an auction and say, you can do an auction with the reserve price that is secret, right? Um, but you're not like, you're not letting the user optimize how much they're getting out of account. And I think that's, Soraya's economy is about that, is about like when someone is selling a card, whether it's Soraya or uh, a player, you want to make sure that they're in the right conditions to actually sell the card at the best price possible. And there are many examples where Soraya is completely missing out on profit or on revenue. Like um, you see the Central Unique, uh, Central, was that? Yeah, or I don't remember. I mean, yeah. You could just look at the last five oh. NBA auction of Uniques. Yeah, but that, that has a direct impact on, on players, right? Uh, because if Sorer sells, uh, for example, Enzo Fernandez on the market at 5 a.m. in Europe, uh, it sells for 0.5 ETH, and the market floor is at 0.72. And yeah. if the card was probably uh, sold at like 7 p.m. in uh, Europe time, probably the card would like gone for like 0.59 on passing or something, probably higher. But so you're missing on revenue and you are turning your market because you're sending a bad market time, right? So, so yeah, I think you have to optimize how you sell cards. And I think that you should not sell cards during night. I'm, I'm sorry, American American users, but uh, I mean, you should, you should sell MLS cards during like, you know, um, like during uh, Europe nights, probably. Um, but you should be able to say, I'm confident that when this card is going to be sold, this is the best time, or at least the best range of time yeah. that uh, uh, that is going to happen. Um, so, and so same thing for secondary market. You want to give tools to managers to be able to list their card and get the best price possible. And I mean, you could argue that, yeah, but uh, People are paying too much, so or it, since people are selling at the best price, probably people are buying at the uh, highest price possible. But that that's that's also making sure that when you're going to sell the card, you're going to be able to sell it at the best possible price, right? right. Um, so I like auctions with reverse reserve prices. I like. Uh, Dutch auctions, where you know you say oh, so it's going to follow a curve, and you click on buy, and you get the card at that time. I I, I love Dutch auctions for for certain types of card, 
of cards. Uh, I think auctions are great, but I think you, the more options you give to users to actually sell sell your cards, bundles, if you want to sell cards in bundles, that's fair. I mean, you, you should be able to do that. You should say, oh, I'm selling a, a five uh, a five player, a five like, like I'm selling a champion Europe lineup, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. For one ETH, for example, um, you're probably missing out on like 20% or something, but you're increasing like uh, the liquidity or Um But yeah, bundles probably are not like uh, a way to optimize how, my, how, my, how much the user is going to get back on their cards. And so that's why it's probably not the best option and you can probably do that on the like on the direct market you can say i'm selling those cards on twitter you can say on twitter i'm selling those cards give me an offer and that's it and i will answer to that so i think like what they should do is at least improve the possibilities to make sure that you're going to sell the, your card at the right time and that's probably going to happen through also changes in the way you display cards um probably the way you're selling cars on the primary market also um so yeah i but i don't think any kind of like improvements to the secondary market is going to happen like anytime soon do you know why we're capped to 10 cards per offer yeah i think that was the technical limitations that that like went along and i think that and i, I already told them that because at one point, like we were advertising gallery sales on our data at some point, and like there, some some gallery were uh, some galleries were sold uh, through those mm -hmm. advertisements. And at some point, someone told me like, "Yeah, but if I want to sell like a hundred cards, I have to do, do like ten offers, and I don't know if the guy is going to send me the money, etc." And I was like, "Okay." And he was like, "Can you get the ETH for me?" And like, uh, like act as a, a, a third party in the deal and was like, uh, no, I don't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> and so they should, you should be able to sell like a hundred cards in one transaction. I, I don't think that the technical limitation still applies. And I think that they should make that change. Yeah. That one always did seem, that always seemed weird to me. And I also, I mean, it's been a while, but I do remember seeing, it was right on the front page of Soher Data, like anybody who was selling their, uh, their entire galleries. We were yeah, exploring ways. Oh, I was exploring ways to make money. <laughs> <laughs> and look at us now. Here we yeah. are. Yeah. Still looking for money. <laughs> the Metal Gear saying the auto bid makes it makes the time thing not as prevalent now, meaning like you can just auto auto bid your way up, but yeah, no, so that that's it that is valid that it kind of like changes the situation. Uh but it's probably not going to be the optimal price though, because in so many auctions I was like, okay, my limit is X. And I went multiple times, twice, three times, four times over my limit, right? Yeah. And it's so the, whatever our we guess our max bid is never the max. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, autobit is fine for like like protecting users from themselves, right? And and that's fine. And you can also like participate to an auction that you don't see, right? But I don't think it really solves the issue of like selling the card at the right time, 
because you want to be able to say like, let's say like Sorer players are on the Sorer platform like uh, between 6 and 10 local time, right? And the peak usage is as on like 8, 8 p.m. in Europe, for example. You want to be able to show these cards at the right, at, at this time so they can buy those cards at, at that time because you know that they're going to see them and yeah. if they are being sold at 5 a.m. Uh, in the morning, they're probably not going to sell, see them unless they really want them. And so, they, like, the Poussin Super Rare card I bought was completely out of the blue, didn't scout for it. I was like, okay, it ends in, like, 20 minutes. Why not? And, and yeah, I think that, that, like, by looking at the data, you can improve the way you're selling cards today. Yeah, I mean, it, it just provides like a regional advantage but maybe that's fine like regional advantage to the car to the regions where you live and where the leagues are meaning but maybe those maybe you deserve the advantage i don't know as somebody who bought plenty of overnight cards early on i was perfectly happy with yeah but that's that's yeah i mean that's fine i don't uh if prices are sustainable and probably going up at that point, you're like, oh, I'm getting a bargain. But you know that the market is going to buy the next one at X. Uh, but uh, yeah, when when we are in times like this, it's obviously during times like these where you actually look at every flow and every possible flow. And also sometimes you're, you're looking too much at something while the problem is probably not there. And so that's also very important to do. And that's what I'm saying most of the time is like when someone is saying, oh, the, the idea I have is that. And I'm like, would you have done that during a bull market? Would you have done that during a stable market? Or are you doing that only to fix the bear market? And the problem with doing only things that solve the current situation is that you're going to be a clown when you're going to have to go back on that rule because it has side effects during a different uh, a different time. Yep. Yep. And that's why you shouldn't listen at what people are telling you, people that are losing money are telling you to fix the situation. So a quick note here, ZM Star said, thanks for the changes on the site to the builder tab, since part of the show is actually talking about. So we had a few people I had a few people DM me and said the lineup builder was gone because we took it out from your gallery name. And now there's a builder link here yeah. for the football builder, football Andrew, lineup builder, concepts, baseball yeah. and basketball. Yeah, Andrew, sorry, I have to run. But uh, yay, the play the play tab is, ba is gone and the builder tab is here. I really have to run. I'm very sorry. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we are one hour, but I really have to catch someone. So Yeah, no problem. See you, Andrew. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Maxine. So I'll finish up here. But yeah, so this builder tab is where you can find everything. Just something we wanted to point out. Goes right to all of the pages that you're used to seeing in different spots. They are now all in this builder tab. And then one last thing that I'm going to point out. Uh, we do have it linked here, but we also tweeted. <clears throat> Thank you, Nep. The... We have introduced a Sora Data affiliate program now, which is basically a way for content creators to have their 
have their communities kind of support them a little bit by using their codes. We've seen this is a little different than, well, it's different than our ambassador program, but it is kind of similar in the fact that content creators are able to get uh, kind of a percentage of the revenue generated by users that they send to Sorer Data. So I just wanted to point that out. You can read the Medium post, which is linked right on our homepage for anyone um, looking at that. And Mike is saying he would have never ducked out on Sean. He, he probably wouldn't have, you're right. Now I feel slighted. Anyway, maybe I'll bring that up during uh, office hours or off topic this week. Anyway, thank you everyone for joining. The There will be an NBA show this week that's coming back on tomorrow, Wednesday. So we're Andrews on Thursday, and then I'll be back with uh, off topic on Friday. So thank you everyone for joining and I'll talk to you soon.